Welcome to the May edition of the BBRO Beatcast. I'm Francesca Broom, your host and Knowledge Exchange Manager for BBRO. This month we head over to Thorny to meet Martin Stuffins, farm manager of one of our demo farm sites. We discuss the BBRO trials and also the tribulations of farming this season. Today, Simon and I are over at Park Farm in Thorny. This is going to be one of our demo farm sites, and we're very pleased to be joined today by Martin Stuffins, who's the farm manager here. Um, Martin, before we start talking about the trials work BBRO here and, and your involvement in that, can you just please tell me about your soil management program? Because this actual site here is looking fantastic. Yes, so going back to end of last harvest, we've done some test digs on the field just to see if we've got any compaction at deeper levels and we found we had one or two issues so we went in with the subsoiler straight after harvest um, and then we ploughed directly after that and then we pressed the field down after that as well so we've got a sort of semi seabed um, done ready for the spring by early September. We have put some lime on we've got one or two acid holes which we did treat with ground lime. Yeah. Is that because you've got such a good rich fence soil here? Yes yeah, yeah. But it's sort of just, I think we treated about four hectares altogether across the field. So not a vast amount, but we, we know where the areas are and we do have to keep an eye on them. Yeah, well, it's good that you actually manage what's going on across the farm. And yeah, some people make the mistake of thinking, you know, when you get the subsoil out and you've got to do everything all at once. But mm. um, yeah, you're right, you work on the small parts first. Yes. So you... with, the, with the system of drill we've got, which is the tempo, we have tried to see if we could go direct into the seabed in the spring but what we found over the last two winters we've had so much rain it's put the seabeds down too tight so this year we we thought we'd give ourselves a bit of leeway we'd only press the field once and then be prepared to just go in with a light harrow in the spring which seemed to work well this year it gives us a bit of flexibility whereas before they've been going down too tight and yeah they've not been great seabeds yeah and when you think about the weather we've had i mean though it's been glorious mm -hmm. uh, we're all waiting for rain but i believe um simon we, we'll go and dig a hole in a minute but um you think there's going to be moisture in the ground don't you i do yeah i think you know and i think because the seabeds are so good this year for most people there's nice fine tilth that obviously retains the moisture whereas in cloddy seed beds just drains away doesn't it mm. so actually having that nice kind of fine particle soil particles will mean the moisture is retained better so i fully expect there'll be moisture below the initial couple of centimeters of dryness right, well you go get your spade and we'll go in the field in a moment just dig a little hole um so martin so thank you very much for hosting BBRO you're welcome here. this isn't the first time that we've been here for trials who is it no you was here in 2020 when we had a variety trial but uh, unfortunately due to covid came um nobody could come and actually look at them but uh, <laughs> but it's still interesting um to see the trials grow through the year especially the year that we had because we all know it was a bad year for sugar beet and especially with when the sarcospora came in it was quite interesting to see that some of the varieties that stood out better and whether the storm with high disease pressure so we did get to see some information from that. 2020 we obviously had a, a lot of virus and sarcospora mm -hmm. issues. Um, did you see uh, yeah, a big difference between varieties that we had here? We seem to do, yes. Uh, yeah, we did suffer quite badly ourselves, you know, and especially where you had more virus infection, we seem to have a lot higher level of sarcospora as well. But it did help us make some decisions the following year that yes, some of these varieties did withstand it slightly better than the others. So. Yeah. And that really takes on to um, the varietal work that you've been looking at, Simon, is that some varieties are better, uh, have got better resistance, and we need to manage how we actually use varieties 
for foliar disease, for later harvest, and all of that you're going to be covering at our demo farm. Absolutely. So, I mean, foliar disease susceptibility is important when it comes to perhaps particularly selecting varieties for later harvest dates. But, you know, in some years it's important for normal harvest mm. days as well. Mm. And, you know, the thing we're learning with Cercospora, and of course we mustn't forget about rust and mildew, but Cercospora, it can be incredibly aggressive. And I can, yeah. I, I'm looking at Martin because he's nodding at me because I remember coming to this site because I used to come here regularly, you know, in 2020, and the speed it came mm. in, middle of last part of August, yeah, we saw it, but... Yeah some plots literally were brown to mm-hmm. the ground and regrowing and we mustn't forget how aggressive Cercospora has come in so I think understanding that risk and being able to time our fungicides in relation to that risk is key I'm afraid we've perhaps got a bit formulaic about our foliar disease control we fit it around well we'll probably put the first spray on middle of July it's normally about right uh, and probably a second one you know if we think so and particularly if I'm going to leave my favourite for later harvesting I think we now have a bit more kind of precise about those timings a because we're not blessed with as many fungicides as we've had in the past and particularly 2022 uh, you know we need to manage that so we need to make sure we're timing at the right point and not going too early not going too late and the 2023 RL that's just been released, that's the first year that we've actually shown the rating for Sucospora. Although being we didn't have a lot of Sucospora in the field last year, there's not a lot to say about it, is there? No, so we need to understand that the ratings on the RL list are based on what we find in the RL trials. I think this is why it's really important we do these on-farm demonstration trials. Okay, they're not replicated, but they do do allow us to see the varieties in large strips across the field. And actually, we're more likely to pick up some disease. And unfortunately, this area is often is a bit of a hotspot for Sucospora, mm. often because I think we have tall canopies and we get very warm. And we know high temperature is one of the key criteria. So it's good we are able to pick up those kind of more severe epidemics uh, where they occur. And obviously, that allows us to really test the varieties. And that's the beauty of doing the, this work. So you've got your spade there. Let's go in the field and let's just dig a little hole. I think what I'm keen to have a look at is obviously it's been very dry but I think we have some really good seed beds mm-hmm. and there's plenty of moisture there and we've, you know, we've got a plant here which is probably cotyledons out, first true leaves just coming but I think when I put that spade in you'll find oh, I'm too deep. There's, there's plenty of moisture there, look at that you know, it's, it, look, at, you know, look how deep that's going. Yeah, there's plenty, plenty yeah. of root down there into moisture. Another three, four, five centimeters, four, yeah. four certainly, four centimeters yeah. into moisture. And there's moisture there, but that, that top soil, top two is dry. So it'd be nice to have some rain mm-hmm. and that helped us break down the yeah. cap a little bit as well. But I don't think it's, it's not a severe cap. And it's great to see that actually the root below the yeah. ground is, is probably it. longer than the. Oh, yeah, look at it, look at it. Already. Look yeah. at it. You can see the fibrous root material. Look at this, right down there. The amazing ability of a young plant. Yes. So don't panic when you only see small leaves on the surface. You've got a quite a good deep root system underneath, particularly with the quality of the seed beds. And Mark Mine's got a really good seed bed here. And when did yeah. you drill here? 26th of March. So Martin, do you know what varieties you've got? Yes, so we've got here, we've got BT 1915. We've got some Cortessa and we've got some BTS 3020. Right. So and do you normally sort of spread your risk? We try to, yes. Between We're down to three varieties this year, but three to four varieties just to try, try and spread the risk. Yeah, and something we're encouraging growers to do, particularly this year, is to make sure they go out and assess their varieties throughout the whole of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't wait just on the yield at the end of it. Let's see how they perform throughout. Is that something that you would normally do? Yes, yeah, like, like we're saying, disease is important. It's not just being late lifted sugar beet. Now it's, it's keeping on, after seeing the Sarcospora, 
a problem what we had in 2020 it makes you a lot more aware going forward coming into harvest you can't forget about your sugar beet so what would you say are the key points to go out and have a look at your field well the health of the plant keep an eye on disease establishment is, is key early on um, and monitor the crops as best you can through the year and i know obviously simon you're out and about quite a lot farm uh, assessments both here and all of the demo farm sites yeah uh, the demo farms give us a keep us real in touch with reality and commercial crops because obviously we can spend a lot of time looking at trial plots and we're looking at trying to pick out small differences between treatments it's really good to come and and I benefit from just walking walking some commercial crops. You know, here we are on 20th of uh, April. Aphids, as predicted by the forecast, are really beginning to fly, and we've got three uh, yellow water pattern traps down there. A lot of insect activity going on, and there's some aphids in there. And, you know, it allows us to just kind of sense-check what we're seeing sometimes in our experiments. Uh, we're doing, going to do some interesting work here with Martin on nitrogen as well. We talked about Cercospora, uh, you know, and these are all key things. We kind of just can look at at a slightly larger scale, slightly more semi-commercial scale which is really important I think for BBRO. So tell us a little bit about the nitrogen work that's going on here. Clearly with the prices of nitrogen where they are we, we need to question whether we need to be at the high rates. We know on that response to a curve, the yield increase between, say, 100 and 120 is very shallow. So when we've got ammonia and nitrogen up nearly £1,000 a tonne now, mm-hmm. we have to question whether there's an economic return. And I think we have been discussing and we've communicated on that to growers and said, we think that that is such a shallow increase, we should be cutting back. I think the question is, how low mm-hmm. can we go? <laughs> and actually, and, and again, demo farms give us a, a great example to do that. Now, m- Martin here on his tempo drill, we were placing some nitrogen as well. So we, we know that's a favoured approach and we believe nitrogen is used more efficiently, but it does allow us to play some tunes with different amount of nitrogens. And what we're going to do here, uh, we've already done, we're going to have some different amounts of nitrogens which we'll put on at the placement at drilling. And we're going to try and tailor some top dressings. So we'll have a range of nitrogens. I think Martin go from about 70 up to yeah. 120. Yeah. And growers will be able to come and see that and understand you know, what effect it might have. Uh, and we think, I mean, Martin's asked me already this one, do you think we can cut back our top dressing even more? But I I think at around 100, I think mm-hmm. you're just about right. And yeah. I guess what most growers are doing, cutting back 20 or 30 kilos. Of course, many growers are suddenly realising, well, I was putting 140 anyhow, which they shouldn't have been, of course. It's not our recommendation, <laughs> but actually get them to now realise actually they can cut back is, can represent quite a big big saving. So we're doing that work. I mean, we've, we did a soil mineral nitrogen test in, the, in this soil pre-drilling, and we found that indicated there was between 60 and 70 kilos of nitrogen already there, which was good. It just reflects slightly organic nature of the yeah. soil doesn't it uh, and possibly the fact it's had a minimal disturbance as well so you've not lost and not, yeah. not accelerated a lot of microbial conversion and lost it so that's quite good so we mustn't forget that so understand what you've got in the soil uh, you can do that on previous cropping of course but sometimes if you're not sure you know take a soil mineral nitrogen test as we did here and then think about what you need to put on of course obviously the use of manures and cover crops can all help to yeah. contribute uh, nitrogen particularly on mineral soils and we know for the work we've done that you know even a cover crop with a good good legume cover crop cover or vetch can put another 30 or 40 kilos of nitrogen in if you get that right that's worth an awful lot now isn't it yeah. so we must think about what else we can do to help out i mean sugar beets tends to be low nitrogen crop anyhow but if we can take it down to 100 even to 90 you know big area that's a, yeah. that's a significant yeah. saving isn't it yeah and um, come on can you remember what was in the field prior 
Oh, it's winter wheat, yeah. Uh, what is the general rotation on the farm? Well, so we're trying to push the sugar beet out to at least a minimum of six years in the rotation if we can. And we're actually trying to bring some of our more bodied and heavy land into it to push the rotation out more. We feel that the machine we've got, the harvesting ability and the loading facilities is enabling us to do that more. So some of, the, some of this land probably hasn't had sugar beet on for 20 years. But if we can bring that back in and manage it in a, in a, a smaller area each year, it's hoping to spread or take the risk off the larger lands and give them a longer rest if we can. So you've same. actually kept your contract about the same size, mm-hmm. but you're spreading it across the farm. Yes. What, what else is in the actual rotation for you? Oh, we grow a mixture of crops, really. Um, a percentage of all seed rape, a large percentage of our uh, winter brown mustard. We're just trying some winter white mustard as well this year. We grow peas and beans, uh, spring barley. We grow a block of maize for the dairy. And then some odd fields of um, when they come in the rotation, they're rented out for potatoes or onions. So try and keep it diverse. And obviously, winter wheat is the biggest crop still here on the farm. But we'll have plenty of break crops, but we have pushed them out a little bit more if yeah. we can. There's, there's a key word Martin used there, which we're re- increasingly realising is diversity. Diverse rotations, mm-hmm. particularly in all the work we've done and through this, the, the soil project, diverse rotations always pretty much associated with healthier soils, just having that range of crops. Yeah. And I think kind of stating some obvious facts, but it's suddenly it, it's actually very highly relevant now, I think, in terms of actually getting our soils to perform better for us, particularly with less inputs. And, and we're going to see the impact as you know, growers be invited to come and see this. I think we're here on the 12th of May. Um, this is one of four events that we're actually hosting. But you know, the, the beat might be small at the moment, but another what, three, four weeks, mm. we, we should see yeah. enough to be visible. I'm hoping we'll be six, eight leaf stage. We need a bit of rain, of course, just to kind of substitute what the crop's going to take out in the next few weeks. But yeah, I, I think we'll be surprised. Let's not remind ourselves what it did last year. We had a dry period last year. Then a we very got cold that, April, didn't we? And it grew literally in three or four weeks. We got to canopy out. And I think, again, you know, reinforcing the importance of that early development for sugar beets is critical to yields, which is why so many crops did well last year. But this year, we're even better seed beds, actually. So the potential of them to do that, to go really quickly. Soils are nice and warm now. I mean, they would be 10 degrees easily, I would imagine. And once those roots get going, we always, when they first come through the ground, they always kind of go through this kind of pause, which everybody alarmed. They don't do a lot and they mm. look a bit yellow and pale. And then the roots get out because that's, that's because the plant's doing a lot of underground development and exploration. And when those roots start picking up the moisture and the nutrients, they will go. Yeah. But of course, the main point of us coming early this year yeah. is not so much about the crop, but it's actually going to be the aphid watch, isn't it? Absolutely. So we're going to have Mark on hand to talk to growers to make sure that we realise the importance of monitoring the situation this year and if threshold is reached, that they do treat. Uh, I've just checked with you, Martin. Are we um, treated seed here? Yes, we are treated. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you've done that for the whole of the farm. Yes. Yeah. So the but our untreated strips, our untreated all our variety strips are not treated. So it might be interesting to see. Mm. We so don't know. Yeah. But you know what I'm seeing today with aphids clearly landing, and Mark's getting a lot of phone calls today. Here we are, just 20th April. We're right at that cusp. Of non-treated crops need to be looked at as of now, really, mm. which is what we've been saying because that was the the forecast, wasn't it? Yeah. And obviously, we know that there are some areas that are already seeing aphids yeah. in the crop. By the Definitely. time this goes out. On the first of may we are expecting you know, more yeah. and more people to report them yeah absolutely so we will be seeing them here and probably yeah if we've reached threshold it may even have had a spray before possibly but let's not dwell on the possible negatives at this point as we're here martin perhaps you could just give us a bit of a view 
Is there anything else on the farm that you think would be of interest to growers? Most of it's been played and pressed, but one field we did do top, we subsaw top down. That was quite interesting that, that it held the moisture back more. It was baled. So I thought it was spring barley, it was quite a thick crop yeah. of straw, so we bowed the straw off, subsoiled it, went in with the top down, and I didn't press it. I thought, mm, we'll leave it. So it, it. It was in pretty good order from the DD rings on the back of the machine. But come spring, we had to leave it till last and drill it. Interesting. That was just an observation, but whether it's because the straw was still in the top, but it, it, it went dead in a way. It didn't sit as nasty as the ploughed and pressed land. We were hoping to try and do a bit more of the top down, just to reduce. Obviously, with diesel being where it is, it's, it's yeah. a cheaper operation than ploughing and pressing. But it was, yeah, it's come all right, and the, and the establishment's coming, but it was just noticeable at, at drilling. It was... Wetter. Wetter. We haven't had that much rain, but we seem to have that rain sort of middle of March. And when when, when did you, you ploughed ploughed pre pre Christmas? Did you? Yeah. Oh, it's ploughed in August. August, yeah. So, so it's nice combine, it? yeah. Nice Everything was done so you probably by had, early September. So logic suggests it probably did have more time to just kind of yeah. have some. But nice, that was nice that was done early August, uh, early yeah. September as well, yeah, in good condition. And I thought, mm, yeah, no, this is looking all right. But come spring, yeah, it didn't seem to have. Uh, this, the law, uh, it? you know, Mama, I think that's a good point because I think everybody there's a there's a view that everything has to go to kind of non-ploughing. Mm-hmm. I don't subscribe to that view. I think, and what we have to learn is, in certain situations, yeah. we have to deploy perhaps different strategies. Yes, which means to you, then you might have some land. I'm not going to do that. Some land you do, but at the moment there seems to be kind of you, it's either all or nothing. And I think we need to be very wary of saying we all have to go down this route. And uh, we've found the same. We've found, you know, on on heavy land on the. Yeah. This is what trying to get your head around. We seem to we've tried direct drilling before. We've tried different methods, but it seems to be as a balance between direct drilling and ploughing. But if you're doing something, it seems to give you yeah. a little bit more to work with. Absolutely. Whereas doing nothing, we seem to be struggling. Yeah, I agree. And an interesting thing this year, we've had a lot of regrowth in the fields, probably from the spring seals that we've grown and they probably got away from us a little bit we didn't get them sprayed off quite as early as we we should have done probably in january we should have been doing a bit more then the weather changed and we seem to lose two weeks and we ain't seem to have a lot of crop growth which you can see here and it's took a lot of dealing with yeah. and it's hung on to yeah. the moisture more yeah so this yeah. is just more a little worry going forward if we have got to have these cover crops over the winter how we deal with them get rid of them yeah. So we come to work in the spring. So there's, mm-hmm. there's quite a lot, lot to learn. And yeah, and when we're we're learning alongside you. Yeah, we are. Mm. The yeah. projects are actually doing. You mentioned the um, the cost of fuel at the moment, and I'm sure that most of the listeners are feeling your pain on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any other things or elements you've done within the farm business to try and reduce your fuel costs? Well, I think we've always tried to not waste fuel, even when it was at the lower prices. We've always been conscious of it. So, yeah, there's operations that we try and reduce where we can. It's a balance between min-till, direct drilling and ploughing, isn't it? And it's what suits your farm and your soil types at the time as well, isn't it? So, you know, despite the fuel crisis, there's... At times, you cannot make those reductions. You, you, you need to do what's best for the soil, don't you? Because it's the yes. long-term outcome that you've really got to manage, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we have reduced the amount of plan we do, but we still keep that in the rotation where we can. Still for the sugar beet and for the peas, where I think the other crops we can seem to get away with. But yeah. peas, I'm still, we, have, we have tried one field of top-down for the peas this year. And, and again, that was as a contrast between the peas that was after the top-down and the ploughed seabed for the peas 
the top down was wetter again. Yeah. And peas are one of the sensitive crops we've got, so you know they soon tell you if you're doing something wrong. So we're still reluctant to drop the plough on those, though yeah. we did try this one field to see how we get on this year, but. Uh, but yeah be a case of watch and wait then yes so thank you ever so much for um, a hosting us here yeah, you're welcome this year and i hope those will appreciate the work that's gone into this field um, there's certainly going to be a lot to see and uh, thank you much for your time today and for you simon too Not at all. thank you if you've enjoyed today's beatcast but would like to know more then please do drop into our demo farm events first one's the 12th of may at park farm thorny then we're 13th of May at Ubring Farm Kings Lynn, 17th at Bracebridge Lincolnshire and 18th at Firstfield Dis. And we are also going to be joined by UPL at both the Bracebridge and Firstfield events. Please do book via the BBR website, bbro.co.uk forward slash events. Thank you for listening.